This is uh, private investigator Matt Duff, and I have with me Susan Eichenberg. And we have uh, Amy Betcher. Uh, please state your name and spell your last name first. Um, Amy Betcher, B O E T T C H E R. When this thing goes to court and trial, I have one shot and one opportunity to be not guilty, or I go to prison in death row. Mm hmm. That's, that's the reality of it. We have busted alibis. We have caught people in lies. This is just insane because everybody's pointing the finger at somebody else. You just don't hear every day walking in somebody's house, they're going to take the plastic out and pop somebody. So he could get the execution date pretty much any day? Yeah. There's no impediment. This is Cousins by Blood. Episode 15, The State's Star Witness. One day after the audio you heard in episode 13 of Eisenberg and I finding Amy's old apartment complex and meeting her former neighbors, we had found Amy's new address. The following audio took place on November 14th of 2019. It was a few minutes before 5 p.m. Eisenberg and I sat in the rental car. We are at Birchwood, Stillwater, Minnesota, waiting to speak with Amy after the social worker leaves because her child is here. We got this lead through a acquaintance of Amy who is also here. Amy's neighbor, TJ, had helped us track down the house Amy was now staying. TJ's daughter and Amy's daughter were friends, and Amy texted TJ her new address so the kids could see each other while the child protective service lady was there. There's a lot of cars in the driveway. The goal is to get Amy out of the house. We had no idea whose house this really was. And judging by the company Amy kept, for our own safety, we needed to get her out of that house. Ultimately, we wanted to take her to a restaurant or a neutral setting to sit down and talk. Now, since we feel like she's going to be pretty straight, she's not going to be on drugs or anything, and we couldn't have asked her a better opportunity. Myra and the CPS lady walked out of the house into a car. Let's get out of here. That's just Myra. Maya and social worker. Here, put this in first. Is it on? No. We hopped out of our vehicle and walked to the door. There's somebody in the upper left looking out of it. Mm-hmm. Do you see them? We rang the doorbell and Amy yelled down. Hello. come to the door. Eisenberg and I walked up the stairs to a small living room. Hi. Hi, Amy. Yeah. Hi. Amy and TJ and TJ's daughter were all sitting around the couch. The house wasn't too bad, probably tidied up because of the CPS visit. There weren't any family pictures on the wall, just old generic pictures of mountains and horses like it had been decorated from a thrift store, but it didn't feel like a crack house or anything like that. You just couldn't tell who really lived there, and we knew Amy hadn't been there long. I'm sorry to interrupt. It's okay. Do you have, like, two seconds? Yeah. I just want to ask you something. It's not bad. Yeah. How's it going? Hi. I'm Matt. Nice to meet you. This is Susie. Hi. We walked Amy into the kitchen. Eisenberg whispered to Amy why we were there so no one else in the house could hear. And the covert mic audio at that point was shoddy. We told her we needed to ask her questions about Ivan's case. She got physically shaky. And we said we wanted to take her somewhere to talk. If that would be better for you. Yeah, I'm not under arrest or anything. No, 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 no. Okay, okay. No. I am not. Okay. 
Amy agreed. No questions asked. She didn't ask to see any business cards or anything. She just seemed relieved she wasn't being arrested. I have to go with them or whatever, to talk to them or whatever, not to cut or visit short or anything, but... Amy had the same blonde hair as her pictures from 2000. She was wearing a black shirt with Aeropostale white lettering across the chest. You can see a picture of Amy from this night on her social media pages. She grabbed her huge suede boots to put over her jeans, and it took her a good five minutes to figure out the laces on one but it was tough to tell if that was because she was nervous or that was her normal routine. She finally got her boot on. Alrighty, I'll be right out there. I'm just gonna... All right, hon. All right, hon. She went to the back of the house. Eisenberg tried to keep an eye on her inside, and I pulled the car around. They both made their way to the car. Do you want to sit in front or back? Um, I can hear that. Are you sure? Yeah. Oh. Anything I or anything I can Don't fucking worry about it, Amy. Just like stick your feet on. Right there. And just like a bunch of papers. But, <laughs> as long as you don't have a cake or something on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want some cake? Yeah. yeah. Just stick my foot in it. Amy was quirky. She seemed a little dazed and confused. Kind of how you would be after years of drug usage. She definitely felt sketchy but not the type of person you had to worry about pulling out a weapon on you kind of sketchy. I know, I feel like you get bugged by this case like every, like you say, seven years. I know, her family's running around here. Amy had said in the kitchen that she thought Ivan's wife, Tammy, who you heard in episode 11, was sending people to Minnesota to mess with her. Tammy says she has no idea what she's talking about. It just seemed like Amy was paranoid, and we played along. And I, I think she, it must be, yeah, it must be them kind of stirring some stuff Are you up. scared of them? Like, are they threatening um, you? I, they, like, he threatened me before he Who went did? to jail. I oh, said that, Yeah. <gasps> he told me there's one, only one way out, and that was six feet under. You know, I, for, yeah, a while, for a while, I lived in Arkansas. Um, you go left here. We agreed to a restaurant right down the street from our house. We thought that that would put Amy at ease to let her guard down and to hopefully open up. The gentleman I was dating, he was a prison a correction officer. I met him when I moved out In, there. Down there? Yeah. And um, him and I just started fighting really bad and putting our hands on each other. So, you know, that's... That More like he was probably putting his hands on you because, like, I feel like you've been abused a lot in your life. Oh, I have. It was tough to not feel for Amy. Because of bad decisions she's made or just bad things that have happened to her when she was younger. It seems like she hasn't had the easiest life. And before this trip to Minnesota, I had spoken to the ex-boyfriend in Arkansas. Lyndall is his name. She started dating Lyndall right after Ivan was arrested, and she was back in Arkansas. And the interesting thing is, Lyndall knew nothing about what happened. He said she told him that her previous boyfriend in Dallas wasn't the best, but did not say one word about Ivan murdering anybody or seeing the dead bodies, or anything like that. So ever since my conversation with him, I've wondered if she didn't tell him because she was afraid that that would freak him out, or because it didn't really happen, how she told the cops. Like, a lot of Ivan's, like, his, his, I checked out in her background or whatever, just looked her up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Amy was talking about Tammy again. And she has, like, a high degree in, um... She was a prison guard there before they got married, and I think it was part of their little plan. I don't know where Amy was getting her information about Tammy. She said she had seen some stuff online, but Tammy never worked at a prison. That's weird, and that is how she was going to get her out. And she has, um, or get him out. She has like three or four um, daughters uh-huh. and a couple of sons, uh-huh. and plus um, related to. I'm a couple others that are running around causing problems in my life. Amy did have problems in her life, but I don't believe Tammy or her children were doing anything to cause that. I think her, with the gentleman that I just ended up pulling out of the, I don't know what I believe. Yeah. We entered the restaurant. And the audio on this covert mic is not good in this place. But at this time, I was more concerned with what Amy would say candidly 
than getting clean audio for this podcast. After our time in the restaurant, we interviewed her back in the car where it was quiet, and you'll hear that in a few minutes. But for now, you'll hear some of the restaurant audio. We all split a pepperoni and sausage pizza, and we just wanted to let her talk and see what she would say about the murders. But first, we had to hear more about the bomb incident. You know, he makes pipe bombs, and he went down there and blew one off, and it went off in his hands. And the cops said to throw the bloody towels away, so I got charged with um, messing with um, police business or evidence. Because I, yeah, but the cops told us to sort out. The bloody towels, what was that? That was from him, from him blowing his hands off or whatever. Somehow Amy keeps finding herself around bloody evidence, apparently. And eventually we steer the conversation back to what happened in Dallas. And she starts in about the victims, Ivan's cousin James and Amy Kitchen. I met Amy once when she was walking down the sidewalk. Amy Kitchen or whatever. Met her one time. And then I met Amy and James one other time when they were together. Ivan and I went out to eat at some restaurant. And then we went back to the house. And we, I was like talking to him because he said he was going to marry me and stuff and I was asking questions or whatever. And um, he got up. Oh, and he gave me a Xanax bar too. This is, okay, the night before. This is the night before. We were on the couch or whatever. He went to the, like it was a, a one bedroom with a den or whatever you want to call it in there. In the apartment, he got up, came out of there. And he stood in the hallway and he shut up the gun. So right off the bat, Amy starts her story where the story always starts, November 2nd, the night before Ivan's midnight visit to James. And like all her statements in at trial, Amy says Ivan went to the bedroom, came out with a gun, and fired it at her, and it went into the wall. This is a crucial detail, because you'll remember Ivan said the pizza man fired into the wall. And if Ivan is lying about that, he's lying about why he went over to James' house the next night. And that's not good for Ivan. Anyway, Amy is staying consistent. And I was trying to grab, like, because he had the only key. Oh, wait, what? We were arguing. We weren't arguing. I don't know. He just... And that was always a weird thing about Amy's account that night. There was never an explanation of why Ivan would have fired at her. Just that he came back into the room with a gun and shot at her. I was asking him questions. Was he on drugs or? Yeah. What what drugs? What drugs? Yeah. Ivan does admit Amy's hand got slammed in the patio door that night. She couldn't use it the next day, and he helped her wash her hair. Which hurts me is we lived in a And I got down on my hands and knees and screamed to death that I was bleeding to death. And nobody in that whole complex called the cop. And a gunshot going off in the apartment wouldn't that like be a little wild? Did you get shot? No, no, he missed me by that much. Oh my God. Amy used her thumb and forefinger to show the bullet missed her by inches. And Amy is correct. No one did call the cops that night saying they heard a gunshot. You know, I just, so then when did the, it was the next day. Like, did he tell you he's gonna murder him, or was he like, yeah, oh, he hung up the phone and walked, I'm gonna go do this and that. And I was like, I'm gonna go kill him. So he just said it out of the blue. Yeah. I'm gonna go kill him. Yeah, after the phone. Like, they were fighting on the phone and hung up. He was fighting with James. He said he was talking to James. And they were fighting? Yeah. And Amy is staying consistent with her testimony that the next night after she says Ivan fired the gun at her, Ivan made a phone call to James and then told her he was going to go kill them. Ivan says yes, he did make that phone call, but said he needed to go over to tell James about the pizza man. And this is the argument that Ivan uses to discredit Amy's story about him shooting the gun at her. He went to work at Countrywide Mortgage and then waited tables at Super Salads until about 10, 10.30 p.m. So he was pretty much out of the house all day Friday. So Ivan says if he fired the gun at her, 
and she was scared to death the night before, why wouldn't she just leave the next day and never come back? Or at the very least, you'd think she'd call off the trip to meet her parents that weekend. So Ivan's argument does seem valid. She was just hanging out at the apartment all day Friday and then getting ready to go out when he got off at Super Salads. But jumping back to Amy, I asked her about after Ivan got back from James and Amy Kitchens. So what what happens when he comes home? He comes home and he's wearing different clothes, right? Um, He threw his clothes in the trash can. Right. But he had different shoes on. So how do you know there were different shoes? Because he 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 left. Because he told me. Yeah. Yeah. He... uh, and plus, when we went to the um, house, his boots were left there. Right. The house. So he he came back with yeah. so like dress shoes on. Oh. He came back with dress shoes. Yeah. Now, where did he take his clothes? And we'll be getting to this same line of questioning moments later in the car, where the audio is much better. So we'll just skim through our conversation in the restaurant. And Amy did stay consistent with her testimony that Ivan took her back to the crime scene. He was digging through everything, looking through the garage. I don't know. I think he was looking for cocaine or something. Or, I don't even know. I wish I could give you like every single step by step of the detail. It's been 20 years. You know, and I wish I could. You know, I always wanted to, like, meet her parents to apologize that I didn't pick up the phone. Yeah, apologize that I didn't pick up the phone and call, and then I got scared that I didn't know what to do. And I have to live with that. I have to go to bed with that every day. But there's not really much you could have done. But if I would have picked up the phone, I could have saved my life. It's statements like this that make you feel for Amy and make you wonder, even though there are problems with Amy's statement, could she be telling the truth? However, when asked on the witness stand why she didn't call the police when Ivan left, she said, I was scared. When asked on the witness stand, did you call James and Amy? She said, No, I didn't have their number. When asked on the witness stand, did you really think he was going to go over there and kill them? She said, No. Well, if Ivan had a gun and told her he was going to go kill James and Amy, and the night before he had just shot at her and she was scared to death, why didn't she think Ivan was really going over there to kill them? The prosecution's line of questioning continued for Amy. The prosecutor, Gail Falco, asked, what did you do while Ivan was gone? I called my stepfather to tell them we'd be on our way later on, and I finished getting ready. She just kept getting ready to go out that night. She wasn't too scared to call the police. If your boyfriend just left with a gun, telling you he was going to go kill two people, would you just casually call your stepfather to tell him the weekend plans were still on? Would you really just keep getting ready to go out that night? Amy's story just doesn't make sense. We talked to her for hours at the restaurant, and Amy never acted like she needed to leave or seemed worried about the time. We tried to build a rapport with her, and I will say, for the most part, she kept up with the main story, the main framework in her statements and trial testimony, but there were glaring issues with the details. So we finished up in the restaurant, and after we got back into the car to presumably drive her home, I turned the car and the heat on, but we just sat there. I put the audio recorder on the center console and did more of a proper questioning. I was in the driver's seat, Eisenberg was shotgun, and Amy sat behind Eisenberg, and we just sat in the car right outside the bar. This is uh, private investigator Matt Duff, and I have with me... Susan Eisenberg. And we have uh, Amy Betcher. Uh, please state your name and spell your last name first. Um, Amy Betcher, B-O-E-T-T-C-H-E-R. Great. Um, so, Amy, we're just going to talk to you about the, uh, the Ivan Can 2 case. Because Amy had given us the rundown in the bar, I didn't have her walk us through the whole story again. And to be honest, I was afraid to push her too hard, because at any time, all she had to do was say, I'm done, and open the door in the back seat and walk home. 
so I just wanted to get out as many questions as I could, starting with... When Ivan came back, he had blood on him. Just describe where the blood was. What any, And I know it's been 20 years, but what you can remember. Like, um, like, on, like the tips of his hair or whatever, like... You know how yours is kind of standing up or whatever, but like on the tips right there, it looked like it had like a bub, like a little tiny bubble of blood. And so, was it the color you saw, or was it the texture of the hair? Because I know his hair was black. Yeah, it was red. It was. I mean, you could tell it was okay. Okay. Gotcha. You know, and it just his face was kind of poofy, and just you could see like, like on the, like bubbles of blood or whatever. You know, like when you. Can make a little bubble on your tongue of spit or something, you know, the little tiny ones mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Little tiny spit bubbles of blood in his hair. Okay. And about the poofiness of his face. In Amy's testimony, she said Ivan told her that when he was over at the house, James hit him with a baseball bat. And that's why his face was swollen. It's hard to prove one way or another if Ivan had little spit bubbles of blood in his hair. But regarding the swollen or bruised face, I asked Kramer about that. Was Ivan's uh, face bruised up at all um, during the visit? No. And Kramer would have seen Ivan about 16 hours after Amy said he was hit by the baseball bat. And you'll also remember the party DJ from episode one. He would have seen Ivan about two hours after Amy said Ivan's face was swollen. One of Amy's stories is that his cousin, when he was, when he was trying to kill him, when he was killing him, that he hit him with a baseball bat on the face. And so he had like a, a swollen, bruised cheek. Did you see anything like that? That would have stood out. No, I would have, I would have, I would have definitely. If a baseball bat came in contact with someone, I could, I could tell. Right. I didn't see that. So it would seem she was lying and still lying that Ivan had a swollen or poofy face after coming back from James and Amy's. Now, where do you? And I know it's a long time, but where do you remember seeing blood on his clothing? When he walked in the door, like. But where on his clothing? I can't remember exactly. Like on his shirt, his pants, his. Probably his. I remember like shoes. the pants, but I remember his face more, like more. And his hair more. The pants and you know the pants and shirt, I can kind of see, but I still I just remember like the tips, like it being bubbly right there, and okay. like in his hair, like right here and stuff, and his face. Like, kind of swollen or whatever. Okay. And um, you don't remember anywhere specifically that it was on the shirt or the jeans? I'm trying to... And it's okay. Take your time. I'm not... I want to say maybe the leg of the pants, but I'm not sure. I can't remember, like, if it was the day... Like, four or five days after, I could tell you. You know, but I do... I remember the hair, though. Like, right here in his face. And then you also said that you had, um, there's blood on the socks. Do you remember blood I, on the socks? I don't remember that, no, these days. No, I don't. Okay. And if I, like, if I stated that, like, 20 years ago, yeah, it was more fresh in my memory. Of course. But, like, I, I still can remember the hair. You'll remember there were four items in the picture of the kitchen trash can from Ivan and Amy's apartment. The socks and jeans with blood on them, the latex glove, and the blue Solo cup. From your best recollection, did Ivan put the clothes in the trash can or did you put the clothes in the trash can or how did it get in there? In Amy's statements, she said Ivan put the bloody jeans and socks in the trash can. But on the witness stand, she said she put them in there. I believe he put them in there. Because I I thought you were saying that maybe he asked you to put them in there from our conversation earlier. Sorry, I'm not trying to paint you into court. I wish I could remember every, like, word from word. Of I've been trying to delete them out of my head. Um, Why does she say delete words out of her head? Wouldn't it be memories? Or was she remembering the words put in her statement? I mean, you neither here nor there. You were him putting I'm just in there. trying it's to not go back. Go no, you. Oh, oh, I know that. You know what I mean? Like, I it's, just, not, it's not that I know that or whatever. I'm saying that. I know I didn't kill the people, and yeah. of course, and we're not, we're not, we're I not saying that any involvement that. in any which way. Of course, well, that's not what we're saying. I'm just trying to like think back of how. Do you recall where he took the clothing off before it got to the trash can? Like, like how did? How I think did... he stripped down in the kitchen. 
What did he put on then when he stripped down? Like, did he, he went the in the shower? So he stripped. I believe he stripped down in the kitchen and went and took the shower, or he went in the shower room and stripped out. But I remember I couldn't wash my own hair and stuff like that. Because your hands the night before. Yeah, because when he slammed, when I tried to take his, his house key off his key ring, and I told him to get out or whatever, he slammed my door in the hand or my hand in the door. She tries to change the subject to the night before when she says she couldn't wash her hair because Ivan slammed her hand in the door. But this is a crucial detail. Where did Ivan take off the bloody clothes? Could she really forget that? Ivan stripping in either area is interesting because there was no blood found in the kitchen or the bathroom from taking off bloody clothes. And Amy says nothing about Ivan cleaning up any blood. So it's just odd no blood was found anywhere after Amy says he came back from the murders. Not in the car he was driving or in the apartment. The only blood was found on the socks and the jeans that were two sizes too big for Ivan. But back to the other contents in the trash can, the latex gloves. Now, um, do you recall there was a, a latex glove in the trash can? Do you recall ever seeing that before? In all four of Amy's statements, she said that he was wearing gloves. Mm, I don't recall it. I don't recall that. I remember there was mushrooms in the freezer, hallucinating mushrooms. She tries to change the subject again. Do you recall, um, did Ivan come in wearing gloves? I don't recall that either. This seems like a big one. Something like Ivan coming home after the murders wearing doctor's gloves should be one of those things that's hard to forget. You would think that would be seared into your memory especially compared to the spit bubbles of blood in his hair. Do you recall Ivan uh, emptying bullets in the trash can? In one of her statements, she said Ivan emptied bullets into the trash can. However, no bullets were ever found in the trash can. I don't recall it, but he probably did. I don't remember exactly, like... <laughs> you know, a few years ago, I could tell you yeah, stuff no, to it's stuff. Okay, it's okay. Like, if... It, like uh, when they get, when a detective from um, Oakdale Police Department, he came and talked to me. Yeah. And he started talking, and I said, "No, sir, I'll tell you exactly." Like uh, back then in 2010 or yeah, 2008, nine. I could tell you. Stuff, I know. It's, I know it's a bit every a long perfect time. thing, every detailed. No, I know. Thing, you know, and it's like after so many years and so much therapy. I'm, 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 if if he, he was, was emptying the bullets, would it was it a revolver or a, a clip or what do you? I don't recall? I don't remember what I don't know anything from guns. Okay. I don't I know what a hunting rifle is because my dad used to deer hunt, but I don't know little guns. <laughs> I just remember him waving the gun around and saying, "This ain't my first rodeo." And you'll remember from episode three, Amy's stepdad Richard Kramer also used that term. What did that tell you? Uh, I don't think it was his first rodeo. And what's interesting is Kramer was the first to take down Amy's statement. He typed one out before she went to the cops in Arkansas. So I've wondered, did Ivan really say that? Or did Kramer say that? And then it forever became a part of her statement and memory. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Yeah. Well, a revolver has like the round thing, like, and it's like a curved handle and a clip is like, you put it in like a oh. clip. So which one do you think it was? I don't know if it, no, like, 
I don't know. I can't even remember if there was a clip or not. Like a was it like a black gun? Was it a silver gun? I think it had gold. It had gold on it? For some reason, I want to say gold. Okay. I see gold. I don't know why. I don't know why either. The gun was silver in color. You know, I didn't, like, sit there and examine the gun or anything like that. And let's see. So that was the trash can. Do you remember a blue cup being in the trash can? At trial, she said she threw the blue cup in the trash can. And what's interesting is the latex gloves appeared to be in the blue cup. So had she thrown in the blue cup, she would have seen the gloves and knew where they came from. But in the car, Amy shook her head no. She had no idea about that blue cup. Yeah. Um, in, in, picture, that, in, pictures, there was a, in pictures, there was a blue cup in the trash can. A blue cup. Yeah. Um, he was the only one with the apartment key, and we were gone. We went to Arkansas. Anybody could have went in that apartment. Did you guys have, like, who else could have gone? Who else could have gone in that apartment, though? What do you think? I don't know. You think Ivan could have given the key to somebody else? He could have. He could have. And, and you know what? They have video cameras out in their parking lot. Actually, the apartment complex told me they didn't have security cameras in 2000. And so, at this point in the interview, I brought up the element that Amy clearly lied about in her statements, the Rolex. Walk me through the whole Rolex thing, everything you can remember about the Rolex. I I remember him having a watch and opening the window and throwing it out. And he had a bracelet, but he didn't throw that out. I returned okay. that to the officers. And then in, 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 in this will take a second. In your, um, in your statement, you said that Ivan, and he, he made the statement, I don't want this shitty Rolex. So apparently he, do you remember him specifically saying Rolex? Or no, I just, you just remember him? I remember him having a watch and throwing it out. Well, in this one, it just says, and, and I don't know if you wrote this or was that Anthony Wynn that wrote that? It says, Ivan said, I don't want this shitty Rolex. Uh, yeah, that was right after. So, I mean, that was right. That was the first. That was like the weekend when they came down to Arkansas. Right. And so, but he, he wrote this. But right. That was you saying it. That was everything that is wrote there is what I was saying. You were physically saying it. He wasn't putting words in your mouth no. or anything. Okay. No, that's what I mean. Like every, I, and then I wrote one myself. I don't right, know if I've, you got, I've got that one. Whose handwriting was that? Can I see it? Yeah, sure. Like I said, there were four of Amy's statements in the case file, one in her handwriting, one written by the sergeant in Arkansas, one written by the lead homicide detective, Anthony Wynn, and one typed up by an officer, Brady, in Dallas. Yeah. Can you turn on your... Yeah. Is there a light back here? Yeah, sure. Who the fudge? Handwriting. What the fudge? That was, that was handwritten on the when same date this? that you wrote yours. She looked at the one that was handwritten by the sergeant in Arkansas. So I'm wondering why what? this one this? was written on the same day that you wrote yours on... Whose handwriting 11th. is this? Is that not well, yours? If, this no. is not mine. This no, ain't you, my handwriting. You wrote this one, right, Amy? Let's see. Is that your handwriting? That is my handwriting. Right. I and mean, now, I do. And this one says, Who's on the way to seven, Ivan threw out a Rolex watch that belonged to James. Now, is that, that's, this is someone writing it, but okay. did you say that? And how did you know even, that it belonged to James? I don't even remember. Yeah. But apparently at that point, you thought it belonged to James. Oh, yeah. Can I see the sure. initials on there? Um, yeah. This is another, I think this was in Arkansas. Um, and it was another sergeant there. Another sergeant? Oh, I didn't you. talk to another sergeant, Tommy. I'll, I'll find that name for you. Can I write my initials for you real quick? Of course. Because is that your initials that you're seeing right there? Like, are you saying that's Those not your initials? Those are my initials, but... That's not how you would write it? <laughs> Do you remember somebody taking your words and... Yeah, that's your initials then. That looks just like it. That looks... Well, I don't know. Not yeah. really. Not really, actually. <laughs> sorry. Because that's, what, that's, I that's not I'm how sorry. she does her A. Let me see it again. <laughs> Let me see it again, Amy. I that's mean, I do. That's what I mean. I, she does her A with the line going down and back up. You can tell how they write their A. I always write my A like that. 
the initials are different on this written statement than how Amy's writing her initials in the car. That's why I was asking you for a piece of paper and a pencil. Hmm. Do you remember initialing this, Amy? I don't remember that statement. Do you think it's possible that somebody wrote this and forged this? Or do you I think don't you, know. You said I don't it remember writing a statement like that. These statements are a little different. Yeah, and, and I'm wondering... That's what I'm... I'm I don't know that I you knew about this statement. No, I don't. That's why we're talking. Yeah, right. Someone wrote that. But I don't remember somebody, like, crossing out stuff and putting my initials on a piece of paper. No, but did from you From Arkansas. No. But you definitely didn't put them on there. Is that what you're saying? Correct. Okay. I don't know what to make of all this. It seems highly likely that Amy just doesn't remember this particular statement. However, the way Amy writes her AB initials are different than the ABs written on this statement. That was statement number two the one we discussed in detail in episode 13. This statement was taken and written by Sergeant Mark Hollingsworth in Arkansas. I, I Do you don't recall remember that. saying that Ivan threw out the Rolex that belonged to James? Did you I, ever I think that don't, it... I don't... I could have said that he threw out a watch. Right. But I don't recall him... I recall we saying it was a Rolex or this or that. You don't specifically, you, you I never don't remember, you don't remember, that. remember the Rolex. I, I, I know he threw out a watch on the thing. But in her statement, it says Rolex. It's pretty clear Amy is not a jewelry aficionado. I don't think Amy would know the difference between a Rolex and another watch. So why does her statement say Rolex? Right. And the, when I found the bracelet, I gave the bracelet back. Yep. Now let's get into this bracelet. This is the first you've heard about that. Again, this was too much to get into in season one. Ivan left a gold Figaro bracelet at Kramer's house in Arkansas. And here I asked Kramer about it. You found the bracelet, right? Yes. And where was that? That was laying uh, what happened after Amy got back here. My wife and I went back there and we ripped that bedroom apart. Yeah. And it was laying behind the headboard of the bed. And when I first picked it up, Jeff had been staying in that room for quite a while. Uh, and he had he was into that kind of crap. Anyway, so I called him and said, Jeff, you lose a gold bracelet? And he paused and he says, no. He says, why? And I said, well, I, says, I found one. I was just wondering if it was yours. Oh, I says, not mine, but I'll take it if you don't want to. You know, so anyway, I, I gave it to the, well, I brought it to the sheriff's office and we took pictures of it and fashed it to begin with. And the investigator says, hang on to it and just bring it with you when you come. That turned out to be what they said was James's bracelet. Yes. Um, that's what I understand. I had to identify yeah. it in court. And they even asked me why I put contaminated on it. <laughs> I contaminated it. I handled, handled it. At that time, I was just kind of under the impression that it was Jeff's. But here's the interesting thing about this bracelet. Although a bracelet was never reported missing from the crime scene and Ivan was never charged with stealing this bracelet. For the police and prosecution, this became another piece of evidence tying Ivan to the murder. Because the state said this was James' bracelet, and Ivan stole it from James at some point that night. You see, James' sister Kelly, who in episode 12, Sylvia and Abner called little Gladys because Gladys is her mom, well, at trial, Kelly testified that the bracelet found at Kramer's was James' bracelet because James had a bracelet like this. However, Ivan says he also had a bracelet like this and that the bracelet found at Kramer's was his bracelet. Ivan says that this bracelet was given to him by an old girlfriend at some point in the mid-90s. I've reached out to that old girlfriend and she's yet to comment. I just don't think she wants to get involved and have it come out that... A former boyfriend is on death row. However, I do think she listens to this podcast. And if it is true that this lady did give Ivan this bracelet back in the 90s, and she's listening right now, I just want to tell her that her name will remain anonymous. But an affidavit from her saying that she did give Ivan this bracelet would be another helpful piece of newly discovered evidence for Ivan's lawyer. So I hope she will consider that and contact me if she's willing to help while remaining totally anonymous. And so, although I haven't heard back from that former girlfriend, I did hear back from the store manager where Ivan said his bracelet came from. I sent her a picture of the gold Figaro bracelet in evidence. She cannot confirm whether the bracelet came from her store as it was 25 years ago. 
but she did say that the bracelet in evidence is an extremely common bracelet and you could get them anywhere. There was nothing special about this bracelet. So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities that James and Ivan both had a bracelet like this. Around 2000, I also had a bracelet like this. There was no hard evidence that this was James' bracelet. But according to the prosecution, this was James' bracelet. And how could Ivan have it unless he killed James and took that bracelet? That would be very compelling for the jury. But the fact is that this bracelet is yet another example of a very questionable piece of evidence used to tie Ivan to the crime. Back to Amy's interview. And stuff like that. But I don't recall that statement. Okay, that's interesting. Um, I'll look into that. Thank you for just just being honest about that. Um, And now, when Ivan left the, the Corvette outside of the apartment, did you guys ever talk about, hey, man... You just killed your cousin, and and now the Corvette is. I mean, you know, just think about it. Like no, you, the I Corvette's just, parked like two feet from our door. Isn't somebody gonna um, come back to us, Ivan? Like, wouldn't you guys say, like, holy shit, we we left the Corvette right outside the door? Inside my mind, it was like, well, you know, now they're gonna catch you. <laughs> you know, I didn't really say anything. But you didn't say, hey, no. you, didn't, you didn't warn him. No. Or you never had the, and you guys never had the conversation about it. Mm-mm. Okay. I recall wondering, like, what did, what is he thinking? You know, I don't know. Just Wait. like how crazy, like. So you you recognize- steal a car and you park it like kitty corner from our like our apartment. I remember where he parked. It wasn't right in front. It was like the long row over because the front was this way, and it was like over like that. Right. From our apartment. And I I specifically remember where he parked. And Amy is correct. The Corvette was parked off to the side in the guest row parking. And this is where it becomes a little bit of a mind bender. Because how does Amy know where the Corvette was parked if someone else parked the car there after they left for Arkansas? I guess she could have seen crime scene photos. But why does she remember this detail and not others? It's details like this and her confidence in these details that makes you wonder, could she be telling the truth? Then how do you know? I I was with him when he parked it. I gotcha. I had quite the experience. Not even experience. I don't even know how to phrase it. Like, (laughs) yeah, like when we went to the last place after the bar, I kept thinking, like, should I write it on a piece of toilet paper, like, call 911? Um, should I write for help? But what if Ivan goes in there and looks at the toilet paper and he has a gun and then he shoots all of us there? Uh, you know, it's like you have so many thoughts. I mean, he just shot at you, then how many hours later he goes... And where was he typically keeping the gun? Did he have a holster or...? Uh, he didn't have a holster. He's not a cop. Did he put it in his back? His what? In his back, like behind his back, or? Um, I don't even know. I didn't. I wasn't even paying attention. Like he was at me, and then had waving around the house. Like, yeah, this ain't my first rodeo. What does that tell you? Uh, I don't think it was his first rodeo. Uh, You never held the gun. I never touched it. Okay. Where did he keep it? I'm not positive. I know he went to the back room when he was mad at me for whatever. Okay. Um, and then, so again, like this cleanup crew, because if... <laughs> he was high. <laughs> so do you think he was just joking about the cleanup crew, or was um, there ever a cleanup crew? Because Amy Betcher's brother, Jeff Betcher, testified at trial that Ivan told him weeks prior to the murders that he was going to kill James and he wanted Jeff to help him do cleanup. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He told me that he had payoff cops, that it was in his first rodeo, that he is way high, that it was a mafia hit. Um, that, that he was working for the mafia or other people killed them? That it was a mafia hit. Like, the mafia made him do it or whatever. The mafia made him do it. Yeah, like... Which is a bunch of crap. He paid off cops, and then he, like, when the detectives 
were calling, he said that um, they were calling to rearrange, um, do funeral rearrangements because he has to get back from Arkansas to Texas so he can be one of those people that carries the caskets, whatever they're called. Pallbearers? Yeah, thank you. So he, yeah, he was coming back to be a pallbearer mm-hmm. for James. Mm-hmm. And then he, um, when Detective Wynn had him come in and talk to him, um, he told me that he, they don't know who they're dealing with or who he is. And like he was some big, I don't know. It's crazy. But he was talking to Detective Wynn in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And he was telling him, I'm coming back to Dallas and I'll talk to you. Mm-hmm. And he had an appointment set up. That's wild that he actually would make the appointment and bring the murder weapon back with him to Dallas, right? That's what I mean. That's why I'm trying to tell you if you look on the outside of the picture. Well, I mean, you're saying like he was throwing evidence out on the way back. Like to me, yeah. But why didn't he he throw throw the the gun? gun, Why didn't he kill me? Right. Or why didn't he throw the gun out with the other evidence? Yeah, but why didn't he shoot me first and kick me out? I don't know. And then throw the evidence away. And then, so just for um, what you recall, when you called your stepdad and said, um, you got to get me out of here, they're going to kill me. And that's what your stepdad said. Who was they? Um, Ivan's mom wanted to come and pick me up and his aunt or whatever. But I was like really scared to go to IHOP and everything like that. So Amy says that she was scared that Ivan's mom, Sylvia, was going to kill her. And she was scared to go to the 3 a.m. IHOP meeting with Ivan, his mom, and his Aunt Penny. Again, this is what Sylvia remembers about that IHOP meeting. And then four officers come in, and they're having coffee across the aisle from us. Ivan's sitting next to Amy, and he's leaning on Ivan's shoulder. She's very disinterested in anything that's being said. She just wants to get out and go smoke her cigarette. That if she was afraid of Ivan at that time, she could have gotten up out of that booth and instead of going to smoke a cigarette, walked right over to those police officers and said, uh, I'm afraid of this guy. Did she seem afraid of him? Nope. She was clinging onto him like gum on a shoe. She had her head on his shoulder, and she was like, she was tired, she was sleepy, she just wanted to get out of there. She was not interested in anything being said. Like, I was nervous. I didn't even want to go in the hotel room. I know he let me live for the drive home, but I didn't think I was going to make it home. And why were you afraid of Ivan's mom, though? I don't know. I just, I don't know. You thought Ivan's mom I, I just said, I didn't, I would never get in the car with her by myself. Did Ivan say anything about his mom or, I mean? Mm-hmm. No, just, I mean, you know, she, I met her once or twice, but like, I, mean, I just. You, you think that. I'm not you, saying that she would kill you. hurt me or anything. I just, I didn't, there was no way I was getting in the car with her. I did not feel comfortable. Maybe because the things he would say about stuff just had my mind, you know. Mm-hmm. Going like, you know, just little things. I guess I, I don't think she, I, she probably wanted to hurt of hair on my body, but I don't know. But that was, you didn't think that there was any other like because you also thought that Ivan was running with the mafia or something like that. Did you think that there was potentially mafia guys involved? I didn't even or? know. I didn't know. I was just what he told me, the things he said. I was just giving the the detectives every little bit of knowledge of what he said, but I know it wasn't mafia or anything like that. But Kramer said that Amy was thoroughly convinced that Ivan was connected to the mafia or a mob. Well, and and Tawny remembers um, that when you you had left, you went back to Arkansas, Mm -hmm. you and your stepdad were calling her saying her life might be in danger. Well, I just told her to be careful, and I told her what Ivan said. She knew Ivan longer than I did. I don't know if her life could have been in danger or not. I just was... But who would her life been in danger from? 
who knows what Ivan's capable of. Well, Ivan was, you know? Ivan was I mean, safe like, he enough just, to go to her house on yeah. the way back, so. Yeah, I mean, she, he just hurt two innocent people. Who knows right. what he was doing. But he was arrested, do. though. He, he was in jail at that point. Yeah, but. I mean, did any thought ever cross your mind that there could be other people actually involved in the murders? And be honest. There could have been. I don't know. I wasn't. I can't answer that. Right. I mean, so you. And think it's, it's so hard for me to answer. But you know, like. Just do the best of your ability. You know, the, I mean, I've never shot anybody. But like when he walked in the door, this side of his face was swollen. But no one else saw a swollen face. Mm-hmm. And the bubbles of blood were on the other side. Okay. So like you know, just I don't know. So do you think it's possible that somebody else did it and framed him? Why doesn't he take lie detector tests? No, I mean, do you think it's possible? I don't know. I wasn't there. If lie detector tests hold up in Texas, why don't they give him one? And just for the record, did you take a lie detector test or not? I offered to take one. But you... No, I wrote... I wrote over seven to eight statements or whatever. And they were like, you don't need to take one because... Because my how my statements were. So you offered to take one and they declined it? Uh, they didn't give me one. Did you offer to take one? Yeah. And they what they said? And they were... Um, I just got done having, like, not too long ago, I just got done having a, a thingamajiggy-bopper from an abortion or whatever. An abortion? Yeah. So you were on medication and they didn't want you to take it, or? Um, I wasn't on medication. They said it could damage or do something to my body. Oh, okay. Oh, it could do something to your body. Like it could um, damage, like some, I don't know. Like the electricity thing or something? Yeah, something weird like that. Okay. Yeah, I can't remember if they used a big word or whatever. So not to be, this is totally personal, I get that. But um, why did I have a abortion? No, 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 no. I know they're wrong and they're not polite. No, but, I'm not um, saying that. That's your that's your business as a woman. Yes, it's your oh, body. Sorry. What I'm saying was that Ivan's baby. Um, no, it was not. Okay, all right. I didn't know. Like I caught my ex cheating on me that I dated before I met Ivan. So I went and I cheated. But you were with Ivan for like four months. Yeah, I so... wasn't even with him that long. I went and I cheated back on him. Oh. Oh, gotcha. You okay. know, and... <laughs> Did the father of the child that was aborted know that you were with Ivan? Like, was he disliking Ivan? Did he know you were dating him? Um, Could he have set him up? No. Okay. No, no, like, I... No, he, he didn't... He lived on the other side of town, so... He was um, a dispatcher for American Airlines, had his stuff together, and I knew this girl and her, him were gonna like do something, so I did a little for psychology on them, and I got the answers straight from their mouth, so. Okay, cool. <laughs> I, just, I didn't know if like, you still were friends with him when you were dating Ivan or whatever. No, I didn't know, actually. Um, I talked to him like one or two times, that's about it, so. Okay. Um, and just the last couple of things here. Um, did you, you did work at Baby Dolls in Dallas? Yeah, for like a month, maybe, or two. And did you know Carlos at Baby Dolls? No, I did not. She says no. However, after this interview, I have found an interesting connection between Amy and Carlos. And you'll be hearing about that down the line. Don't remember Raina's last name. No, I don't. You'll remember Raina's name. She's the one that Ivan says Amy got the ring that she was wearing the night of the murders. And Amy confirms she exists, but neither Ivan or Amy knew her last name. Uh, she was a she was a leasing agent there. She was. Do you she, remember where she lived? Did she live in that complex? Yeah, it was the Wildwood. Her, yeah, Wildwood. She, in Euless. She was a leasing agent and lived there. Yeah, <clears throat> in Euless. Mm-hmm. And was she your age at the time? I'm I'm not sure if we were the same age or not. Was she been older, younger, about the same? Um, she could have been a couple years older than me. I'm not positive on that. Did she, did she have a child? Yeah, she had a little girl. I have searched that address for anyone named Raina and come up with nothing. It's quite baffling. 
The leasing company no longer exists, so there's no way to go back through their employment records. And although we've gotten numerous tips from listeners, it's been over a year, and I am still looking for this Reina. And next, I try to tighten the screws on Amy and let her know the Rolex has been located. And then, so what uh, recently came out with just, I guess, the family talking that the Rolex that James had, um, somehow the family has the, that Rolex. Like, the Rolex was never stolen. And I'm just trying to figure out... See, if, like, if, I, he had a whole bunch of, like, watches that said Rolex and stuff like that. Uh-huh. But I've talked to other friends of Ivan, and they've said Ivan didn't have a whole lot of watches that said Rolex and stuff like that. So I'm just not so sure about that. But you're uh, positive he threw... I know he... A Rolex he out. Threw, yeah. What, what he... I mean, in your statement, you said he threw a Rolex that belonged to James out the window. He threw a watch that... Yeah. So did it belong uh, the, to James? I believe said, so. What makes you believe it belonged to James? Yeah. Because he... When he came back to the house, he was just throwing stuff on the counter, his wallet. Oh, okay. It's tough to pin Amy down on this Rolex. And regardless of what she says now, in her statement 20 years ago, it said that Ivan threw out a Rolex that belonged to James. And that was a lie. I didn't, like, look at it, oh, okay, it's a Rolex. Right. You know, but he had, like, a whole bunch of those, like, imitation watches. Mm -hmm. But he's bringing them with him to Arkansas? I mean, wasn't this, like, right after kind of the crime and you guys This is when we, um, yeah, either when we were coming back or... I remember driving down on the tollway, I think it's the tollway, that he tossed some, like, a watch out. Did Ivan actually throw any watch out the window? Ivan says no, and as you've heard, Amy says yes. So, that's up to you to decide who you think's telling the truth. Regardless, on Ivan's prosecution report, with the charge of capital felony, it lists Ivan as having stolen James' Rolex and the two other items. James Corvette, and Amy Kitchen's engagement ring. So now, let's finally dig into the ring aspect of this case. We actually talked about the ring earlier in the evening, when we stood outside the bar smoking a cigarette with Amy. And I asked her... No, about about, about the um, ring... Was... Was it... Because I think they asked you, and they were like was it Amy Kitchen's ring? And you're like, no, what Amy Kitchen's ring? Or, or Ivan didn't say it was, but then you later learned it was Amy Kitchen's yeah. ring. Yeah. Yeah, how, how did... How'd you find it? How'd you find the, out? The detectives, when they came down to Arkansas... Oh, they told you. Because they were looking for it. What else did they tell you, like, about the evidence? Uh, they didn't really tell me much about that. Evidence. I mean, other than the ring, did they tell you anything? So they about they said that, that was Amy Kitchen's that ring. That they found evidence, like my fingerprints and this and that. Because Ivan never said it was her ring. Right, he just. I got your ring. But then who told you? I guess it was Amy Kitchen's ring. Yeah, how the fuck did they know? Like the, the they detectives. Told they told you. Yeah. Said that when they were down in Arkansas or whatever, that, did you know that Ivan stole her ring? That's how they phrased it. Oh, and then you knew. Yeah, that's how they said it or whatever. Did you feel like they were the detectives were trying to like set you up in a new, like, were they trying to like fuck with you or like... Leading you? Yeah, were they like trying to make you like Say incriminate anything. yourself? Um, I thought I was going to prison. What made you think that? Just what how, they, how just they like, acted, if I don't know say? the color of the jeans or something like that. But or, they told you the color of the jeans. No, they didn't. Oh. They didn't tell me what color of the jeans Did they were. show you any pictures? Nope. That line of questioning continued in the car. Now, the, the one thing that you said um, about the ring, uh, you said that Ivan gave you a ring. Correct. Um, and do you remember what kind of ring it was or... Do you remember anything about the ring? No, I just remember it was silver. But at trial on the witness stand, she said it was platinum because Amy Kitchen's ring was platinum. A diamond on it? A diamond on it. 
<laughs> and was it an engagement ring or did he propose to you or anything like that? No, he just slipped it on my finger. But at trial on the witness stand, she said he did propose to her and she said yes. And now in your statement, you said that you later found out that it was Amy Kitchen's ring. How did you find out it was Amy Kitchen's ring? Um, when the detectives were in Arkansas, they asked where the ring was. Because the ring had been reported missing, like the Rolex. But you see, by the time Amy got back to Arkansas on November 8th, the ring that she had been wearing all weekend was also missing. She said Ivan took the ring back from her on their way back to Dallas on the 7th. Why did he take back the ring, and what was your reaction? Like, that's kind of a... I don't know. You just said he was going to get it sized or whatever. Oh, he said he was going to get it sized for you. Yeah. She said that sheepishly. But why? Was it because Ivan really took this ring back from her to get it sized? Or maybe that was another element that her stepdad Kramer helped her put together. Because Kramer told me this. And I thought what he did is he bought that ring at a pawn shop. And, you know, so I figured, well, he just didn't get it sized. You'll have to do that separate because it came from a pawn shop. So did the detectives say that was Amy Kitchen's ring or? They just said um, her ring was missing. And then how did they know that, I guess, the ring that Ivan gave you was the engagement ring? Well, I just put it together, like, kind of like two and two or whatever. I just assumed that that's what he probably took. But he told you that it wasn't that ring. Is that correct? Ivan didn't, he just gave it to me. He didn't say anything. He didn't bring up their name or anything like that. Right. Oh, he just gave me the ring. Did you think when you were wearing it that it was her ring? No, I didn't. Kramer told me something similar about that also. When she came back, after I was arrested, she flies back. Did she have the ring then? No. And so, yeah, she she was telling, um, first thing, uh, she was telling you and her mother that the ring that she was wearing came from Amy Kitchen. Well, I don't think she ever really told us that. Uh, you know, it was, I think it was the prosecutor that said that... Uh, there was a ring, you know, and that's the first I typed that in. But the detective said that the the ring was missing. Did they ever show you a picture of Amy Kitchen's ring? No. And said, no, they never showed me. They never showed me any pictures whatsoever. And Kramer said they never showed him any pictures of the ring either. And there's nothing in the case file about a picture identification of Amy's ring. So Amy Betcher never said it was Amy Kitchen's ring. The police told her that. So this whole Ivan took the engagement ring off Amy Kitchen's dead finger was a story that the police and the prosecution crafted, not Amy Betcher. Where is the proof that that was Amy Kitchen's ring? The fact is there is none. The proof became Amy Betcher's testimony because she said that the ring that she was wearing was Amy Kitchen's diamond platinum engagement ring. Just like she said that the watch Ivan was wearing was James Rolex, which turned out to be a lie. You'll remember that Ivan has said Amy Betcher was never wearing Amy Kitchen's ring because he didn't kill Amy Kitchen and take her ring. Ivan said she was wearing a fake CZ ring that she got from her friend Raina. So this other statement by Kramer always struck me particularly interesting. But what was funny about it is that ring sat on the end table in the bedroom all the time they were here. So that ring sat on the end table the entire time they were there. Does that sound more like a $10,000 ring that Ivan killed for and a major piece of evidence in a capital murder case? Or does that sound more like a CZ ring? that neither one of them particularly cared about. And at this point in the interview, we wrap things up. And this this concludes the interview. And it is what time? It is... 10.01 p.m. 10.01. We had spent almost exactly five hours with Amy. 
and to be honest, my head was spinning from Amy talking in circles. Looking back, I wish I had pushed Amy harder, but we never knew if she would just shut down on us. And no matter how hard I tried to tighten the screws or trap her, she always had the out of it's been 20 years and she just can't remember. So we dropped Amy off back at her house and thanked her for her time. It was all very cordial. This was Susan's initial reaction once we dropped her off and started the recorder back. I mean, she's she's sketchy. I don't know. I don't believe her. She's remembering things that it, she should be remembering other things if she doesn't remember. If she's, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's stuff she's remembering, and then she goes, well, it's selective. Because if you remember this, you should remember this. But she's not. She's like, oh, I don't remember that. But, oh, but I remember this specific thing. Uh-huh. And she's so scared of him, but she has a million chances to, like, get away. She's just not... She's just not credible. So, that's the state star witness. She brings more questions as opposed to answers in this case. But it's not just the testimony that's concerning. It's also the forensics in this case. And so what was the top concern regarding specifically the ballistics? It's kind of hard to choose a top concern with all the concerns that have been raised because... They all seem pretty big to me. I would say there should not be this many unanswered questions when a man's life is on the line. Next time on Cousins by Blood. This episode will mark our mid-season break. There's more work to be done and loose ends to tie up before I can release the back half of season two. Hopefully, I'll be able to get out the new episodes starting shortly after the beginning of the year. Follow us on social media to find out when the new episodes will start. And the good news is, as of right now, I can see at least 10 more episodes coming down the line. There's a lot more to this story. To find out more about the case, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Cousins by Blood Podcast. If you have any information about this case, you can message through social media or email us at cousinsbybloodpodcast at gmail.com. Amy Betcher's Lines, read by Sarah Ganong. Mixing and Mastering by Jody Abbott. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned. Stay tuned.